Welcome to the Friday Workplace Briefing. Workplace law changes so quickly. Tune in weekly to find out how the law is changing and what you need to do. G'day, Matt. How are you? Hello, Andrew. I'm well. I'm excited to be back. Uh, here now, we're allowed to swear on the Friday workplace. Ever, since, ever, since, ever since King. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I'm excited. And I'm that's only what we call them, Cameron. Well, that's true. <laughs> so you should hear the things I play to say. Now, do we know where Nina is? Well, I think Nina might be uh, joining us here from... Paris. <laughs> I said to Andrew before we came on, she's going to kill both of us when she finds out we did this, but hopefully she's not tuning in and enjoying her time. Anyway. That is. So you just stay there. Yeah. And when we go, so it's been away for a week, so there's yeah. a lot has happened. Yeah, so we're, lots we're, of news. we're pretty full of news, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, full of news, as we usually Some interesting things have come across. The Insurance Council just published a 17% increase in psychological claims since the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Not a surprise to us, but something we've been talking about for some time. Yeah. And the indications are that that's going to grow quite strongly into the future. So something for us to watch out on how we manage people. Mm. But talking about managing people, Mm. I thought I'd just talk briefly about the Hawthorne Football Club. Yes. A review or investigation is an uncomplicated process. Yeah. The idea is you don't do them unless you're aware of concerns. Mm -hmm. So before you started doing it, you get a broader and deeper understanding of what those concerns are to construct a process which is fair, just and designed around healing. And I I think I always say it, but there's three elements of any review, and that is finding facts, fixing the problem now and forever, and ensuring there is an avenue of healing. Yes, a key point, the healing point. Healing. But what we've got now is a trial by media Mm. where people Mm. who have reported trauma are being re-traumatised yeah. continuously where there's no cultural safety, no psychological safety, and all other people are being named, are being damaged and likely to litigate. That's right, yeah. No one's coming out of this, unfortunately, looking well or looked after at all, which is a really concerning aspect of any investigation, particularly one so public. And you would have thought, given the frailty of the concerns mm. that are raised, enormous care would have been taken about getting the scope, the process, the confidentiality, mm. and no one leaking. Yeah. Remember, this is a leak of a document. This yeah. Is, this is a fairly deliberate act. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's not been slipped into it someone's is. email inbox. So, yeah, yeah. All I want to say is because we don't want to damage the people who are involved. No. We don't really want to canvas any further, but to say there is a way you do this correctly. Yeah. Had it have been done, we would not be here. And mm. these, all of these people, complainants and respondents, mm. would not be hurt now. Yeah, I think a high-profile reminder of <coughs> how you need to take proper steps when you... And the sad part is, after reading the statements from Hawthorne, rather than saying, look, we botched this, mm. we've damaged people, we're mm. sorry, we continue to get the trite recitation of our mm. people, well, mm. shame on you. Yeah, that KFC double down. Yeah, <laughs> double yeah. down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on anyway. I just wanted to get that out there because it's a reminder to all of us of what you should do. Respected work legislation's come through, Matt. Three yes. big key changes. Oh, my goodness. Look, we've spoken about this many times before on the briefing, and what we've said is, well, we can't wait to see the legislation, and we will finally have it. You know, it's, it's a great, great outcome. Seven more recommendations from the Respected Work Report going to be put into uh, legislation. The three, th- key three key ones. Three key ones. Three key ones. First one is uh, cost-free jurisdiction now for claims yeah. in the AHRC, which is really huge, of course, for people bringing any discrimination claims. Um, often that was a barrier to entry for a yeah. lot of people. Second is a prohibition on subjecting employees to a hostile work environment 
based on sex. Now we talked so, about this before, mate. Yeah. And your example was, you know, men saying disparaging and sexualised comments about women, not at a woman, yeah. but in an environment where a woman could hear. That's right. Once that would have been a counselling discussion. Yes. But because of the nature of this legislation, mm. it elevates it to serious misconduct under yeah. the Fair Work Act. That's right. So this That's is right. a you're out the door conversation. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I'm not, I don't want to overblow it, but, mm. I mean, I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. But it just shows you mm. the enormous movement that has yeah. occurred through this. Yeah. And if we can then just go and look at the positive duty. Yeah, so positive duty. So, yeah, employers you know, now across Australia, because this is a federal piece of legislation, uh, will have an obligation to take steps to prevent sexual harassment in their workplaces. So not enough just now to respond, but to prevent. And it's given the Australian Human Rights Commission the power to enforce. That's right. Yes. Can, yeah. So yeah. can I just say for everyone here, what that means is you must have a paper and systematic process mm -hmm. and documentary process of showing what you do to manage this. Yes, yeah. Because in the event of a breach, that is where all litigators will go. Yeah. And they'll say, no, you breached your positive duty. Yeah, and that means right. it's almost a reverse onus. Mm, mm. So, look, interesting, good, is, and yeah. I think a commendable piece of legislation. The federal anti-corruption legislation has come out, and very briefly, the important part about that is, despite all the naysayers, any person, mm. including unions, can mm. be a person who can be subjected to that jurisdiction. The third parties, Andrew. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's a big new aspect of this, really, and and relevant for people listening because. If you interact with the federal government, if you interact with a minister or a department, not that you would be doing anything corrupt, but... Yeah, so you give, give them lobsters. Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> You've just got to be aware. <laughs> just saying. Keep the lobsters in the bay. <laughs> don't bring them out at the dinner with the minister. Um, because, yeah, just got to be more aware that, you know, a greater level of scrutiny here. Scrutiny is good. We just need to be keeping in mind that a different layer of scrutiny that never seen before to those sorts of interactions. All right, and now let's go on to some case law because we've mm. had we had a range of different case law. We've oh, had a fantastic yeah. case, Matt. If you can talk us a little bit through the alternative duty case. Yeah, yeah. So really, look, an interesting one. I think it's a, a great example, really, that we have here on the briefing about an employer, in fairness, doing all the Which right is things. Which is is the employer. That's right, Eldie the employer. So, so employee, her husband passed away in tragic circumstances. She ended up getting PTSD from that experience, took sort of, you know, well over sort of 15 months off on personal leave, came back to work, a person slipped and fell in the workplace and it triggered the PTSD. So she went back onto another period of leave. Aldi gave her plenty of time. They then sent her to an IME, but they also got a report from her GP and from her treating psychologist. And all three of the reports all said she does not have the capacity to perform the inherent requirements of her role because you cannot guarantee that you can provide her with a safe environment where something like this won't happen. Now, remember, we did a case about six weeks before mm. around PTSD, yeah. which said it's not part of the inherent requirements what might happen. That's right. This is a different case. This yeah. is these events do trigger and yeah. are likely to trigger. So that's, that's exactly right. It's not yeah. might happen. Yes. This is a will happen. Yes, yeah. And the yeah. process was perfect, wasn't it? Oh, it really was. You know, look, they, they considered the three reports. They shared the information with the employee. They explained it to her why they were coming to the conclusion that they were. They involved her in the discussions. They sought her input about what maybe there would be for reasonable alternatives. So ticked all the sort of boxes until it really got to the final point where 
there was no other choice but to notify her of the termination. Now, she did bring the unfair dismissal claim, you know, as is her right, but the Commission looked very favourably on Aldi's actions here. They said, and, and, and Aldi clearly was looking at her safety. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, the one thing yeah. that's really commendable that's, about this. Yeah, yeah, they actually yeah. were thinking about her, that's although she true. brought the action. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, understandably, agreed, was upset, dealing with a very difficult part in her life. But at the end of the day, what they wanted to prevent happening for her was another triggering. And unfortunately, in these circumstances, the only way to do it was to get her out of the workplace. So the Commission looked very favourably on the process, really a great example of how to do this and how to do this in a meaningful and proper way. Okay. Uh, new psych regulations on psychological hazards have come from New South Wales, start mm. on 1 October this year. Yep. Nothing magical about them. They're a bit light on compared to the Victorian yeah, ones, but yeah. they do say what is a psychological hazard risk, so it's definable. They do say in respect of those that you have a positive obligation to prevent it from occurring. That's right. And they do give you examples of those hazards and the methods in which to manage it, which mm -hmm. all go to what is reasonably practical. So another good example of, mm -hmm. now they've got a code which is quite fulsome. That's right. They've yeah. got the regulation sitting above it. It is the evidence in New South Wales of what is reasonably practical, yep. and it's something we can draw upon from other states where there isn't something. Yeah, that's Move right. on quickly. We've got the lamentable case of the worker who forgot their mask, <laughs> Mr. Wano. This one generated some uh, good discussion uh, in the great this room. Is the one, this is the person who forgot to bring their mask. Employer had already told them that signs everywhere they'd mm -hmm. been training. She said that she'd forgotten about that direction. Mm -hmm. They then said to her, and this is very important, put your mask on. Yeah. She then went, didn't put a mask on, made a joke about it, mm -hmm. went out, was complained about by a customer, subsequently got COVID. The employer terminated on the basis of not complying with the direction she said she forgot about. Yes. Can I just say this is getting so dumb, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's had, Ill. Yeah, yeah no, no, had, they, had they done all the next two things, it was a laid out in the air. Yeah. But then yeah. the commissioner who, who managed to try and throw a dog a bone <laughs> yeah. decided it wasn't willful and deliberate because yeah. she couldn't remember it. Yeah. yeah. Odd, you might think in the middle of COVID in Western mm. Australia would be the only person in Western Australia who didn't remember. That's right, yeah. Um, and therefore said, no, it's not summary termination. If you had done a different method of termination, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a joke. $1,500 can't come back to work. No, look, look what I said to Andrew in our discussion about this today after I let him say that bit is, look, it's, if anything, this is case is a good reminder about the point about willful and deliberate when it comes to serious misconduct. You know, here she was at least to the commissioner believable on her evidence that she forgot it. So if she forgot it and genuinely forgot it, willful or deliberate, it's a key requisite part of the serious misconduct. He, he, he didn't, he didn't believe anyway, it. remember willful <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to go away, all right? <laughs> Yeah. And everyone's a winner in that one. She's not reinstated and she gets $1,500. That's right. That's yeah. right. She can buy a couple of masks with that at least. Yeah. yeah. There were commission data coming out showing 3% increases in the last yeah. last few yeah. weeks. We're getting these fortnightly now. So yeah. it's really great. It's a good way for us to bring this information to you because I think it's worth keeping track of. But the CPI is running at 7%. That's right. We're seeing union agreements 0.8% better than non-union agreements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which uh, is the average. I think it's important yeah, to remember. Yeah. But we are seeing very strong pushes now in the clients we're dealing with mm. around the 5 and 6%. Mark. That's right. So we'll keep right. talking to you about it yeah. where it is. Yeah, and about 20% of the agreements match to CPI, which I think is the interesting trend. We keep getting a lot of questions about this. I think we're going to continue to see that happen over the next couple yeah. of years. And very quickly, delivery platforms. We had the Labor government saying he's going to the gig economy is a cancer yeah. in Australia. Yes. I think where we've got to is after some interviews with all the, not by us, but by others, with yeah. the delivery platforms, mm. there is the proper recognition that the binary status in which we deal with people as either an employee or independent contractor is a nonsense. Yeah, that's right. That there yeah. is a genuine need mm. to create this 
intervening structure, mm. which just recognise the truth. Yeah, and look, the government kept it out of the job summit specifically because they're saying we're going to treat it as a separate thing. They've started to engage the stakeholders, but now what we're seeing is the stakeholders come out and try to set the narrative around this. So what they're really saying is, well, you know, if you're going to apply this, well, they're not saying it in such an eloquent way, but if you're going to apply, apply the binary between the independent contractor and employee, well, most of our people are going to want to stay independent contractors instead. So they're failing to latch on to the fact that there could be a third way because the government's also not really saying that either. No, they so, don't want it. It's a Labor government. No, they want no. to stick with the traditional Commonwealth. That's right. That's right. And you've got a couple of commissioners who've already said very clearly the status thing is not working. That's right. There needs yeah. to be something. So I think there's a strong momentum towards acknowledging Remember, the gig economy is how we get food in the door for us. Yeah. But throughout the rest of the world, it's the way labour is being presented. Yes, that's fair. So we're at the very beginning of a stage, which mm. in places like Singapore and Malaysia mm. is way down the track. Yeah. So we've got to get it right. Yeah. And yeah. we've got to get it right at the beginning because it's too late to retrofit it. No, that's right, Andrew. And I think it's fallen off your list, but I know you'll want to mention it, which is the big regulations, the HNS regulations about the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. So, yeah, yeah, sorry, not there. Yeah, yeah, so the big regulations around uh, insurance and indemnities for penalties and safety law yep. has come into effect, which means it's unlawful mm. to actually give insurance yep. or take insurance yep. and penalties. We'll send you out a document the next day or two for all those who've listened to us about the status of that across Australia. Yeah. That was a piece of, in the model legislation that was introduced in New Zealand first, mm -hmm. and now there has been several reports, including from Safe Work Australia, that say this is a critical change because it doesn't act as a deterrent if you can insure against penalties. Yeah. And we're seeing Victoria announce it, and we'll see other states and territories follow. Yeah, I think a big change that will flow from that okay. as well, Andrew. Let's go. Paid family and domestic leave. That's something. Oh, it was on our list. We're running out of time, Matt, so hammer that quickly. Yeah, look, so we just obviously we're seeing the progression of the, the legislation through Parliament at the moment. What we're interestingly seeing is a lot more debate and discussion about how broad this goes, which is a little bit surprising. You've got sort of the Greens, you've got Jackie Lambie, people like that in the Senate who will have a bit of influence on how this gets through, sort of talking about it in some different ways, including a bit of an unusual proposition to potentially expand it to the perpetrators of domestic which is violence. An, which is just a nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, look, I certainly agree, Andrew. I think the logic <laughs> that they're sort of saying is that, look, if, people, if we address this systemic issue and allow people to take that lead to address their own behavioural problems, we might see change. But I certainly agree. But, look, continuing to chart that path, I think we'll see it go through. Anyway, it'll be 10 days. Yep, 10 days. And, paid. It'll, and it'll definitely be for victims of it. That's right. Okay. Difficulty around that, of course, is the evidence, and yeah. that's that's a whole new issue. Yeah, when yeah, it comes new to systems it. you need, all yeah. of those things. Okay, let's get to the big topic of the day. Yes, that's the one. Well, there that's it right. is. Yeah. actually quite sick today, but she's well ahead of two of us. Yeah, she's doing real well. Yeah. I want to talk about contractors for a couple of reasons. One is being out at clients recently, there's been a number of both lay and legal advice that says that if I craft a contract that says Matt is a contractor to me as a principal and he is responsible for safety, I can somehow subvert the effect yeah. of safety legislation. Yeah, you go completely hands-off. Yeah. No, that is yeah. just a quote, Kim, absolute bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fantastic. I didn't even have to say it. There you go. Kim's yeah. legacy lives on. Yeah, yeah. It is just the biggest load of nonsense. Yeah. So the yeah. law in Australia, in every jurisdiction in mm. Australia, is this. A principle has, must do everything that is reasonably practical, standard of care, which is identify, hazard, determine its risk, institute a control using the resource of the organisation to provide a safe place of work, a safe system of work, and to monitor people's health. It cannot get rid of that. No. What it can do is, I'm a principal and Matt comes in, 
Matt can demonstrate that he will do all that is reasonably practical and that I have a monitoring system that shows that every day Matt is doing it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, my liability is still here, yep. but I'm able to say, no, I had a, a proper basis for expecting Matt to do it. Now, if Matt's a one-man operation, I have no proper basis for doing it at all. No. If Matt is a large construction business, has dedicated safety people, mm -hmm. advanced safety systems, good digital reporting methods, mm -hmm. I can go, okay, but I still need a monitoring that's process. Right. Yeah. And what I can't get rid of is if I have a specific knowledge of risk of something I'm doing. So I'm a large construction business and I get Matt in as a builder to do something. I look at Matt's swims and I go, well, that's clearly deficient. Yeah. Or I don't look at it and I must look at it in mm. the contractor relationship and I bring with that the acquired knowledge, then I'm definitely liable and I'm liable at a much higher level mm. than Matt is because I was the one who had the original duty. That's right. Now, that's, that's the law right. of contractors in safety. And if yeah. anyone tells you anything else, slap them across the chops. Yeah, okay? gently, it's just, politely. Well, Make no, sure the swim says it's okay. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the swims crafted by me will be use a large <laughs> piece of steel. Okay. Now, we had a, a case which is an interesting case, which is illustrative rather than actual in the sense mm. that it's not a pure contractor relationship. Mm. And that's dial a toe and yeah. AHRM. AHRM provided bins that yeah. were dragged onto dial a toe yep. and placed, okay? Now, there was no method, safety method, which defined when you drag the bins back on about the crush point between the back of the bin yeah. and the cab, the head, yeah. head of the cab. It was almost entirely ignored. Yeah. yeah, which means there was no engineering system. Now, this is, when you look at hierarchy of control, mm. this is a very high risk of fatality. Yeah. Okay. And it's frequent because they dial, do it all the time. Yeah, that's right. So, so therefore, yeah. there had to be at least an engineering control. Mm. There wasn't. There was none. But there wasn't even an administrative control. There wasn't even no. training, direction, no. anything. And no. eventually a person got crushed. That's right. Eight days into working there, unfortunately, a young bloke sort of gets up there, thinks he's got enough time to put his tools back on the truck and fatally crushed. It's yeah. all. So what they did find is a higher proportion of liability around dial a toe because yeah, yeah. they were observing and watching and they told the kid not to do it. Yes, that's okay. right. So, but they didn't prevent it. No. And no. when they look at AHM, they said, well, you're the one who does all this. Mm. Where's the engineering stuff? Mm. Where is the method by which you can prevent this yeah. from occurring? Yeah. So it's a good case because what it tells you is this. You cannot divest a liability yeah. when you're a designer, mm. a manufacturer, because they are all duties owed. Yes, you can't divest the responsibility for the use at which you're expecting someone to do something. Yes, that's right. Which is exactly the same as the contractor and principal argument. The principal can't use Matt and say, well, now you're in charge. Yeah, yeah. You must, A, ensure there is everything reasonably practical being done. Yep. AHRN didn't do that. No. So they were liable. Yep. Principal doesn't do it. They're liable. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, you must continue to monitor and provide sufficient systems to ensure the person who does it mm. does it correctly yeah. or knows what correct looks like mm. if you're relying on anything lesser than an engineering. It's just a rant, really, because well, I'm sick of It's a good rant. It's a great reminder, Andrew. I yeah. mean, I think we do come across this a lot and, and it does seem to be out there, this idea that, yes, we can somehow divest ourselves of our lives. And it's proselytised by people who love saying the businesses, you can do the wrong thing. Yeah. Because it's cheaper and it's better. Yeah, and everyone likes to hear cheaper <clears throat> and better, of course, but when that comes to a question of safety, it just does not make, no, it does not work. Yeah, and it's unlawful 
They just say that out loud. It's yeah. unlawful. Unlawful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you said it. There you oh, go. I did. Yeah. That's what you say. Yeah. Unlawful. <laughs> Sorry, Nita. Oh, the Eiffel Tower just fell down. Uh, fell down. Yeah, okay, very well, dangerous being under the Eiffel Tower. French know that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Very quickly, very good case the ABCC and mm. unions behaving badly, CMU. Yeah. Yes. It's its yeah. other name, unions yeah. behaving badly. Unions behaving badly. <laughs> yeah, that's in the brackets. Yeah, that's right. Where yeah. unions held unlawful meetings, ended sites unlawfully, mm. they were told not to do it. The organisation properly, the builder properly complied with the law about mm. demanding correct methods of entry, yeah. identifying unlawful mm. meetings, and yet the unions, through their own behaviour, repeatedly mm. did it, and they were fined very significantly. Yeah, over sixty thousand. Yeah, it was, pretty, it was quite significant. Seventy, yeah. thirty, and ten. I think yeah, the various organisations. Yeah. But what I want to say: this case does nothing other than be funny. <laughs> start, yeah. The unions behaving badly. Yeah. But secondly, what it does show: uh, the ABCC is about to be gutted. Okay. But what it does show is that employers who have courage, and this was Kane Constructions, a really good, solid national builder, if you stick by the law and you stare it down, you can stop it. That's yeah. right. So yeah. do it. Yeah. And, this, look, and it ties into the safety point here yeah. too because the sort of fake safety concern was raised by the union and they said, okay, well, we'll look at it. They did all the right things. They checked it. They got a proper person coming to check it. They got WorkSafe. WorkSafe work work itself yeah. came in and checked it. So, you know. So, we often see unions industrialise safety as a method mm. of taking un unlawful action to pressure something that they want, and this was they didn't like a particular contractor. Yeah, yeah. So follow the law. It's yeah. a very powerful yeah. thing. Don't delegate your responsibility for HNS. There you go. That's the, okay, <laughs> that's the key takeaway. Let's hit the case study. I've recovered a bit of time on that one, man. You did. You did well. Yeah, yeah, so well here we yeah, go right. now. Okay. Over to you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Wally's Warehouse Construction, PWLTD, WWC, was constructing a warehouse in the Corio area. Agile, a scaffolding company, was on WWC's tender list of preferred contractor. Agile was added several years ago when WWC undertook construction work under 10 metres high, but was yet to work 25 metres high with suspended slab flooring. Agile prepared a swims for its work using a template document. WWC's building foreman, Gus Grave, saw the swims and said they wanted to see the engineering calculations and design work associated with supporting the suspended slab prior to the slab being poured. Agile relied on the experience of their foreman, Baz Truss, who had undertaken significant suspended slab work. Baz was not an engineer and had not worked on a suspended slab of this size before, but he reassured them that the scaffold support he had designed would hold the slab. At the completion of the slab scaffold work, there was a site meeting. Present at the site meeting were Gus, WWC's building foreman, Baz, WWC's appointed supervisor under the AS4300 contract, and Ben Steele, the owner of Agile. Gus asked whether the engineering calculations were complete and asked to see the design work. Baz showed his simple design and explained it was strong enough to hold the suspended slab. Ben asked, has an engineer made the calculations to prove it will hold? Ben had a degree in civil engineering, but had never worked as an engineer. Instead, he had gone to work for WWC, his father's business. Baz said, it's fine, but if you want to pay $10,000 extra, we can get an engineer to sign off. Ben said, okay, don't worry about the engineer. All right. The, the, oh, the no, slab no, was no, poured and set over four hour. I hope it didn't end there. That would have no, been no. the end climatic, Andrew. Yeah. Workers from Agile, WWC and other contractors started work beneath the slab. On Wednesday, 28 September, strong winds lashed the Corio area where the warehouse was being constructed. At 2pm, workers heard a terrible creaking noise, then watched, terrified, as the slab slewed to the slew, north. Slew, oh, slew, okay. Slew. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I thank you for learning. I'm learning every day. Slewed to the north and fell, crushing and killing three workers from WWC. There we go. Now it's time to... Now, now what do we do with Slido again? Yeah. <laughs> 
You're a scammy rocker. <laughs> or you could go to the link. Yeah. <laughs> now, Matt, just to while people are doing their, their mm. question, it's very common of organisations to have some pre-procurement process where yes. people become approved. Yeah, preferred. Yeah, a yeah. preferred tender or mm. become an approved tender for yeah. the purpose so that when you're putting a tender out, it goes just to those people. Yes. And they can apply without restriction. Yeah. And one of the common problems with that is, of course, the tendering process or the procurement process is often quite narrow in what the person had skills with. And you see mm. it in traffic construction. Yeah, areas, management. Where, where itself, people yeah. are qualified under one part of Vic Road's mm. tender but not under the second part. That's right. Okay? Yeah. So we see this throughout our clients. Yeah. But the problem is there is no real approval for someone outside of that school. Exactly. And, if, you know, you get used to working with particular people and particular outcomes, but you can lose sight of whether they're fit for purpose for the right job. Okay, well, here we are. Now, the first question is, would Agile be liable for prosecution based on the swims and the conduct? Yeah. Well, I well, think that, that's yes, absolutely. So, the answer, yeah. by the way, for yeah. anyone who's got any doubt about that is yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, you know, they didn't have the proper engineer well, to do the work. Well, for a start, the swims that failed to identify one mm. of the core issues. Now, remember, swims are sequential. Yeah. So you come to the stage of building the construction and mm. pouring the slab, and at that stage there is something you must do mm-hmm. before you put weight on top of it. Absolutely. Which is determined. So, yeah, clearly. Would the WWC successfully carve out liability from prosecution because its procurement process and the contract was watertight? So remember two things. They had a procurement process. Yep. It was flawed because yep. it actually approved somebody yep. for something they weren't skilled at. That's right. And having a water con- waterproof contract, watertight contract. Oh, waterproof contract, waterproof contract. yeah. <laughs> <They> <laughs> <It's know>. <laughs> a watertight contract is absolutely meaningless in safety law because you go yep. to the substance of what people do not the form in which you engage someone. That's right. So the so, answer to this one, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> so WWC are in deep yeah. trouble. Yes. So I wasn't yeah. in? No. No, no, that's right. Okay. That's right. Could Baz, WWC supervisor and foreman, be successfully prosecuted for reckless endangerment? So let me just explain what reckless endangerment is again. Mm-hmm. So reckless endangerment is being aware of a significant risk of injury or death. So... A cement slab suspended above the ground that people yeah. work under, yeah. you can't get a bigger risk than no, that. No, oh, my goodness. Because there's frequently people underneath yeah. it yeah. and its collapse yeah. would be fatal. And somewhere where it's windy. Yeah. Are they careless as to that risk? So they've done some mm. things. And remember in mm. reckless endangerment, yeah, they've relied on someone who's got some competence. Mm. None of that matters because the recklessness test is, was there something you ought to have done and mm. did you not do that thing? Mm. So you can do something. Yeah, but it's not a bit, yeah. It's not enough. So the specific So, thing. yeah. So the answer is yes, they would be, and the, all, both organisations would also be subjected to a charge for reckless endangerment, yeah. which is a $3 million plus fine in Victoria and else, elsewhere, okay? Mm. So the answer to that one is yes. Yeah. Now the interesting one, could Ben steal? It's not the owner of Agile. That's a mistake. The, well, he's the son of the owner of Agile. Of WWC. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, that's my mistake. That's all right, yes. So could Ben, who's the son of the owner, Mm -hmm. but is an officer for the purposes of this, Mm -hmm. this has made it much harder for you if you've answered the question, (laughs) but you're probably right because he had nothing to do with that child. Could he be successfully prosecuted for industrial manslaughter? So question one, is he an officer? Every state and territory across Australia that has industrial manslaughter is officer-specific and organisation the answer is yes. By yep. the way, WWC could be liable as well. Yes, Secondly, absolutely. Yeah. Was there a breach of a duty of care? Yes. Well, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So there was a duty. Was that a gross breach? Now, let's calibrate what gross mm. breach is. Were you aware of something that ought to have been done? Mm. Yes. Yes. Because of your knowledge, mm. 
are you aware of the critical nature of that? Yeah. Now, the answer is by having an engineering degree, mm. he was on notice mm. that the requirement to have an engineer was not something that was optional. Yeah, that's right. He knew, well, he knew that the engineer was important enough. Yeah. It was the cost of it for him or for the business which yeah. deterred him from that action. And therefore, you go to the nature of what was the quality of risk that was being exposed. It was mm. the highest kind. Yeah. So you have gross negligence. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then you have death. Mm. Now, remember, in industrial manslaughter, it doesn't have to be death on site. No. Because it's designed more around psychological mm. injury. Mm. But so you've definitely got all the elements are here. Yeah. He is an officer. It did breach a duty. Yep. It was a gross breach of that duty. It was. He could have caused death. Yeah. And it did yeah. cause death. Three deaths. Yeah, three yeah. deaths. So the short answer is for Ben, he's off to jail. He'd be taking his toothbrush to court. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing to pack, really. That's for me. Okay, so interesting question, though, purely yeah. safety. Unfair on Matt because Matt's oh, yeah, industrial okay. relations lawyer. I think I did well. Yeah, yeah. Nina would approve. Yes, you did very well, Matt. And, um, <laughs> I needed that from Nina. Thank we're you. We're not going to have Matt back for next week. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, we are. We're going to have Matt and I again next week, are we? Yeah, we are for the next month. It's a month of uh, you and I, Andrew. Yeah. We might sneak Kim back in this week. Oh, Kim, okay. is, Kim oh. is required on popular demand. Oh, that's fair. I was going to say, I'll take that as a performance review, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't forget to like. And, and, and yeah, thumbs up, all those, all those things. things. We really like having you on. Great to see you again. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. It's good see to you later, back. everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.